Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Matthew chapter number 19, and I want to read a few verses of Scripture starting with verse 27, Matthew 19 and verse 27, amen. How many come anticipating God to move and work in your life today, amen, that's, that's half of it, is coming to church with an anticipation. Verse 27, then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, he didn't just say to him, but he said to all that were standing there along with Simon Peter, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me In the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall, or ye also shall, set upon the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. And everyone that hath forsaken homes, brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, lands, for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. I want to preach from this subject considering the cost, considering the cost. And um, I want to help somebody here today if the Lord will enable us. I'm not much without the enabling and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, but when the anointing comes, everybody here can be helped through the strength of God's anointing if we can really get in tune with it. Amen. Let's lift up our voices to the Lord and let's pray for His touch and help strength and anointing and power in this place. Jesus, we do need you. We need you, God, to minister through us today and help us in this house today. I'm praying, God, that you would touch the souls of people in this room. God, I pray that you would fill souls with the Holy Ghost, allow people to see their need of Jesus' name, baptism. I pray, God, folks in this place would make a true commitment and consecration to serve you and to live for you and to do your will. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you for it. And the church said amen. Would you clap your hands to him again? Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated. I feel it necessary this morning to be very straightforward It's not my desire at all to sneak up on somebody's blind side. 
I, I will not endeavor to soften the blows or to put one over on you or to be a slick salesman here this morning. But I'm going to get right out of the chute and tell you exactly what the Word of God says, that if you desire to be a hundredfold disciple and follower of Jesus Christ, it's going to cost you something. I'm aware that not everyone will tell you that. In fact, many preach that you can come as you are and stay as you are. I'm so happy to report to you this morning that you can come as you are, but thank God that you don't have to stay as you are. But we're serving a God that is able to change you. I don't believe that anybody comes to church just to stay as they are. If you come for those reasons, you come for the wrong reason. But I think we all come to church because we desire to be altered in the presence of the Lord. There's some things in our lives that we understand that God wants to do and needs to do. Most of all, I want to be saved. I trust that everybody here desires to be saved. But I want to be more like Him. And I desire to draw closer to Him. And in my walk with God, I have discovered that no matter how long I walk with Him, there's always more to learn. There's always more to discover. I haven't found the entirety of it all. I haven't, I haven't discovered everything that God wants to reveal to me. But I feel like there is so much more that each of us have in store for us and that God has called us to and purposed for our lives. And I don't want to sell myself short when it comes to the purposes of God for my life. When Jesus spoke in John chapter 6 to his disciples and said, Will you go away also? Simon Peter stood up and said, To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. In other words, he said, once you've experienced this, you cannot be satisfied with anything else. And I might say this morning that you can come from anything to this, but you will not be satisfied going from this to just anything else. In fact, you can come from the bar room to this, but you won't be satisfied with going to the altar and getting up from there and going back to the bar room. You can come from the drug house to this, but you will not be satisfied with the drugs anymore once you've experienced the power of the Holy Ghost. You can come from a life of sin, amen, but once you've come and experienced the almighty presence of God, you'll never be satisfied with going back to the sinful substitutes of this world. You can come from anything to this, but you can't just go from this to anything else. He said, there is no choice. You're the only choice that there is. You're the only, only thing that will satisfy. Everything else is really a letdown. And it is something that will not last. But if I want longevity, if I want something that continues to give life and hope and abundance, I have to keep following after you. But he was realizing that that walk and that journey was coming with a price. 
Living for God is much easier when you develop the mindset that it's not all going to be mountaintops. It's not all going to be skipping on the Milky Way. It's not all going to be a bed of roses. But I made a commitment to God that I would serve Him. And the treasures that we will receive, not only in this life, the blessings that we experience here, but the treasures that we're going to receive on the other side. Amen. Because the Bible says that we are striving to lay hold of a crown that is incorruptible. Amen. Aren't you thankful that what we're looking for, what we're searching for, and what we're in pursuit of is not something that just wastes away like so much of what this world has to offer does. But what we're looking for and what we're striving for is eternal. Amen. And this is just a little taste of it. What we're experiencing here is just a little bit of what we're going to experience throughout all of eternity when we go home to be with Jesus. And whatever cost that you have to expend, whatever price that you have to pay, can I tell you that it's going to be worth it if you see Jesus. It's going to be worth it if you get to go to be with the Lord forever and ever throughout all of eternity. I've heard people say, well, it cost me so much to come to God and to live for God and to serve the Lord. I gave up so much. I get a little bit weary with folks that want to talk about all they had to lay down in the world uh, to begin their walk with God and how much potential that they had in the world and with the things of the world and the pleasures of this life and how they had to give all those things up for their pursuit for the kingdom of God. I want to tell you that's a bunch of nonsense. Anything that you gave up in this life, you're going to be rewarded over and over and over again according to this Bible. Anything you have to lay on the altar, anything you have to consecrate to God, anything you have to surrender, anything you have to repent of, anything you have to say, God, help me to overcome this struggle and get victory over it, it's going to be worth it. The struggle, the fight, amen, if you endure, the Bible says, when you lay hold of eternal life, you're going to recognize one fact. There's nothing I gave up in this world that can compare with what I've received and the reward that God has given to me is more blessed than anything that this world has to offer. If you believe that, you ought to clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. I need a little bit more monitor. Jesus teaching in Luke chapter 14 and verse 28, for which of you intending to build a tower, set it not down first and counteth the cost, whether ye have sufficient to finish it. There's nothing more embarrassing, nothing more any more humiliating than, than getting involved in a project and realizing that I don't have what it takes to finish the job. I, I want to tell you that God wants us to be finishers. He doesn't just want us to enlist, but he wants us to be victorious in this battle. He doesn't want us just to get involved initially and then over time uh, waver and fall out and fall away from God. In fact, 
the other way around is, is actually the truth. God wants us to draw closer to Him, be more like Him, know Him in a greater way, and experience more of His blessings as we journey in our relationship with God. That's God's intention for our lives. So many people enter the kingdom of God with the mindset that if this works, and if I still feel good about it in time, then I'll continue. But if it doesn't work, well, they shrug their shoulders and say, I can always try something else. I'll just move on. Yet Jesus said, if you intend to finish, you must consider the cost. You got to sit down and reason it out. You got you to gotta count the cost and, and find out what it's going to take. And the commitment that's going to have to be made uh, so that you can be a finisher in this relationship with God and be ready to meet Him when He comes for His church. I want to tell you that many folks that, that start out in the journey and, and don't end up uh, continuing on or enduring through some of the tests and trials and struggles are those that never really considered anything but just the benefits of what I can get out of it in serving, for, serving God in this life. They really don't have an eternal view. They don't have a mindset that is beyond just what they can see and sense around them right now. So many people live for the present. They live for this life alone. They live so selfishly. But if you're going to, to really get the benefits out of living for God, you're going to have to learn to have an eternal lens that looks beyond just the immediate. Immediate satisfaction. That's, that's what our world is made up of. Whatever satisfies and whatever feels good right now, then it must be the right thing. But sometimes you've got to count some cost. You got to make some sacrifices. You got to cut some things loose in order to live for God. But I want to remind you that it's going to be worth it. I said it's going to be worth it. Whatever I've got to leave on the altar, whatever I've got to walk away from, whatever relationship that I've got to cut ties to, it's going to be worth it if I make it to heaven. If I see Jesus and hear those immortal words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, I promise you I won't look back with any regrets. I won't be wagging my head when I get to heaven and saying, I wonder if I could have gotten by with just a little bit more carnality. I wonder if I couldn't have involved myself in a little of the things of this world. But I will have said it's worth everything that I had to do in order to be saved. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Praise God. I remember a story from a missionary's child that I heard. Uh, she was there in a foreign country. I believe it was in Nigeria, Africa. And she was there, and uh, she was attending school with some other Americans and, and people from uh, the U.K. in this school where a lot of the diplomats and missionaries' kids would go. And uh, they were complaining as they were in a, in a chapel service. They were all kind of complaining about the sacrifices that they were having to make to go to this foreign country and and some of the things that cramped their lifestyle and, 
and uh, it, it just kind of got into a pity party. And finally, this young Pentecostal girl stood up in the midst of them, and she said, Look, I don't know what you all are grumbling about and the sacrifices that you're having to make and, and uh, how that you are, are having to, to do all these things that you deem as uncomfortable to be here and to serve God and, 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 and all that this entails. But I'm going to just tell you something. This is how I feel about it, she said. Heaven's going to be cheap at any price. Heaven's going to be cheap. And that has always, that phrase has always stuck in my mind throughout the years is that heaven truly is going to be cheap at any price. Whatever prayer, whatever sacrifice, whatever dedication, whatever thing that I have to carry as far as a burden in this life, uh, whatever thing that I have to surrender on the altar unto God is going to be worth it if I make it to heaven. That's my goal. That's my desire. That's still what I'm looking for. That's what I'm focused upon is I want to be with Jesus. I want to serve the Lord. I want to be with Him no matter what. Amen. And if you keep that in your focus nothing as far as this world is concerned can really tempt you nothing can draw you astray because you see everything in this life as it really is and it's temporal it may satisfy for the moment but it has no ability to satisfy my soul in the long run amen I want to serve the Lord because not only is it a blessing in this life for serving him but I also go to be with him Throughout all, throughout all of eternity, I get to be in the presence of the Lord. If you think this is awesome here today, being in the presence of God, being able to worship the Lord, that's what it's going to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week, throughout all the rest of the ages. We're going to worship. We're going to sing. We're going to enjoy the joys of the Lord. We're going to be in His presence. We're going to feel His touch. We're going to be able, amen, to rejoice. We're going to be able able, amen, to feel that peace that passeth all understanding and that joy that is unspeakable and full of glory throughout all the ages. Amen. Come on, let's give some praise and worship unto him right now. This passage that I read to you from here this morning is preceded by the astonishing story that I feel most of us are familiar with, and that is the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord said, well, you know the commandments. And he began to tell him a few of them, and he said very proudly, all of these I have done. All of these I'm well acquainted with. I've been taught them. And I've not just been taught them, but I have implemented them in my life. And I am doing all of them verbatim. I'm following it to the letter. And Jesus wheeled around and said something very shocking to him. He said, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. 
And when he heard this saying, when he heard this saying, he began to think of all of the things that he had attained in this life. All of his successes, all of his acquirements, and all of the things that, that had been blessings to him, he had inherited and been passed on to him, his wealth, his position in life, his possessions, all of those things begin to be rehearsed in his mind. He's weighing it all out. He's considering the cost. And then you know the words where the scripture says that he walked away sorrowful. He walked away sad because he had many possessions. In other words, when he stacked all the possessions up on one side of the scale... And then he put the relationship with God on the other side of the scale. It was just not weighty enough for him to tip the scales in the right direction and to live for God and really truly dedicate to the Lord. In other words, he had short-sightedness. He could not see beyond this life. He could not see beyond what he had and his possessions that he had in this life. He could not see the treasures on the other side that the Lord was speaking to him about. And it weighed heavy on his mind that there's just too much and the cost is too great for me to fully sell out. And it's on the heels of this story where this man walks away sorrowful that Peter asked a question that seems so bold. In fact, it almost seems a little disrespectful. He said, Lord, he said, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? In other words, if I could put it in layman's terms, what he's saying is, is we've walked away from our jobs. We've walked away from our careers. We've walked away from our prospective futures. We've walked away from money made and monetarily this has cost us greatly. We've walked away from family and we've followed you. And I just want to ask you a question. I heard what you said to the rich young ruler about treasures in heaven. And I don't know if that just applies to him, but I'd like to know what applies to us anyway. Is it going to be worth it? For us to truly serve you and to continue to follow you. I want to know, is it going to be worth what I've committed and the cost that I've paid and what I've laid down and all that I've given up? Is it going to be worth it? And that's when the Lord speaks to him and says, Everyone that hath forsaken houses, brethren, sisters, father, mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold. In other words, you, you may think it's a big sacrifice, but I'm telling you, you're going to receive a hundredfold. You're going to get back so much more than whatever you lay down on the altar. You're going to look and know and understand that everything that I had to sacrifice was minuscule in compared to what I received in living for God. 
And, and a lot of people truly have a hard time believing that. They have a hard time getting their mind around that. They really have a hard time receiving that that is the truth. But I could tell you from my perspective, and many others in this room can tell you, that serving God and living for God, not just the blessings that are obvious, but the hidden blessings that sometimes we'll never find out about until we get on the other side. The times that he protected us. The times that he touched us. The times that he encouraged us. The times that he was walking beside us when we felt all alone. The times that he was there. Amen. When we needed him to be there. The times that he knew what lie ahead. And he and he gave us something. The grace that we was going to need. And the help that we was going to need. To be able to face that trial that lay in our future. All of those things that a lot of times we don't think about. And we don't consider those are things that are the blessings of God. Amen. And then the richness of God's glory and the grace that he has given that is obvious and apparent in everybody's life that is here. People in this place, God has brought you up. God has cleaned up your life. God took the addiction away. God took the strongholds away. Oh, God took the gener generational curse off your life. God began to work miracles in your home. God put your family back together. God forgave you things that you didn't feel like. Amen. You was worthy of being forgiven of. God extended mercy to you. Amen. We're not here because we're good. We're here because God's good. And because His mercy is everlasting. We're in this place because He has blessed us a hundredfold. Come on, let's give praise to Him. Let's give thanks to Him. According to this, this verse, the reward is twofold. He said, you will receive a hundredfold. That's talking about this life. And then He says, and don't forget, you inherit everlasting life. Everything in this world has an expiration date. Everything in this world has a point when it runs out and it's over with. Everything in this world, I was just talking to some brothers during our meeting greet and we were talking about a man's passing and I said, well, the thing that we have to realize is if the Lord doesn't return, all of us at some point or another these bodies deteriorate and we're all going to pass that way. We're all going to die. It's appointed unto man once to die. Everybody here is going to, to pass that direction. We all are set on that course and there's nothing that we can do to reverse that. There's nothing we can do possibly to change that. But I am so thankful that I'm connected to a world that is eternal. A world where things don't die. A, thing, a world where things do not pass away. A world where joy doesn't have an expiration date. You know, there's people that are gearing up for, for tonight. I guess there's going to be a kickoff somewhere. And, uh, and there's two teams that are going to, have a, they're going to have a rivalry for a couple of hours. And there's people that are going to be so caught up in that. I understand that even restaurants here in our city are closing down after, they said we're closing 20 minutes after the kickoff. I mean, it's like major deal. 
I, I knew a, I knew a man that, that sold uh, candy for. He was in the distribution center for uh, Brookshire Brothers, uh, the big grocery chain. And he said, "You know what the greatest sales in candy is?" And I thought, "Well, maybe Halloween, maybe Valentine's Day." He said, "No." He said, "The biggest sale in candy is the weekend of the Super Bowl." I said, "You got to be kidding me." No, he said, it's the weekend of the Super Bowl. That, that's, that's when. But you know what? Whoever wins, there's going to be half of those folks that are going to be let down. And there's going to be half of them that's going to be excited for a little while. But you know, next year at this time, they're going to play that game again. People are going to make billions of dollars because of it. Uh, and there's somebody else that's going to be happy. And there's somebody else that's going to be sad. And the folks that were happy last year probably going to be sad this time next year. That's just the way this world works. But I'm so thankful that I've got joy that is everlasting. The way this world is and the craziness of this world seems like we get some kind of peace agreement worked out over here in one corner of the world and then war breaks out in another corner of the world. And then we get that satisfied and then we're over here and we're in another conflict. And, and so peace, while it may be in one area, hang on, it'll break out and uh, there, will not be, there will not be peace but there will be war in another area. What are you trying to say as long as we're in this world Peace is not something that is everlasting. But I'm so thankful that I'm connected to a world where the Bible says the lamb is going to lay down with the lion and there's going to be peace forevermore. That's what the scripture said. Forevermore. Everlasting peace. The turmoil that you feel and the tension that you feel and the pressure that you feel, you're not going to feel it over there. When you get to heaven, there's going to be peace forevermore. That's in the life to come. Amen. We get all of these blessings here. Uh, John Ogilvie, Lloyd John Ogilvie, he, he wrote a book. And in that book, I think he had a couple of different chapters. And, and one of them that really stood out to me was uh, entitled, All of This and Heaven Too. All of This and Heaven Too. And what the focus was is that we get to experience so much in living for God that is good. And the blessings of the Lord are so rich and fathomless. And most of us have not even plumbed the depths of all that God has for us in this life. Amen. And all that we can enjoy in our experience in walking with God in this life. But even after it's all said and done, and we've absorbed and received as much as we can receive in this life. Think about it, church. All of these blessings, all of this that we receive in the Holy Ghost and the joy and the peace and the presence of God that we feel. And then, on top of it all, like a big cherry on the top, we get to go to heaven. We get to be with Jesus. We get to dance on the celestial shores of glory. We get to worship throughout all of eternity all of this in heaven too all of these blessings in heaven too all of this joy in heaven too all of this goodness in heaven too amen I'm telling you if it isn't going so good right now just hold on it's going to get better if you live for God amen if you'll serve the Lord if you continue to be faithful to him come on let's give praise to him right now 
it's going to be worth it all. I said it's going to be worth it all. To stay rapture ready in this filthy and corrupt world, you must get a revelation of what I'm preaching about. Amen. You've got to understand what I'm talking about here this morning. That I'm not just living for this life. Amen. But I'm living for the life to come. If you don't get that, you become disillusioned. And disillusioned disciples become denying disciples. That's what happened to Simon Peter at the time of the crucifixion of the Lord. When he looked and he saw Jesus beaten, mocked like a buffoon, punched, and his beard plucked, and them spitting upon him, humiliating him ridiculing him, and then ultimately crucifying him. When he was asked, do you know him? He said, I don't know that man. And I don't believe he was lying. Because that was not the Jesus that he knew. When he looked and he saw him being ridiculed and mocked and wounded and beaten, he said, that's not the Jesus that I have walked with. That's not what I signed up for. I signed up for the Jesus that was feeding the 5,000 with just a few loaves and a couple of fish. I signed up for the Jesus that opened blinded eyes and unstopped deaf ears and caused the lame to walk. I signed up for the one, and I, I began to follow the one that was passing out blessings everywhere he went and turning cities totally upside down. The one that was raising the dead and opened the blinded eye. That is the one that I signed up to follow. But I, I don't know this Jesus because he never took the time to realize, amen, that there is some cost, there is some sacrifice. Uh, there is some there's some pain sometimes involved in this. Uh, amen. You got to give up some things uh, to really serve the Lord. He didn't take the time to understand that. Uh, oh, but Simon, uh, if you could see on the other side of the cross, uh, if you could see on the other side of the altar, if you could see on the other side of dying out, uh, you'd understand there's a Pentecost that's coming. You'd understand. Uh, amen. There's fire falling from heaven like cloven tongues, uh, and it's setting upon people in an upper room and 120 is going to stumble out speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gives him the utterance. And before the day's over, Simon, just hold on. 3,000 people are going to get the Holy Ghost. So don't walk away. Amen. When the sacrifice comes. Don't walk away when the cost is high. Don't walk away when it seems like there's suffering and there's pain. But hold on and stay with it. I got a blessing on the other side of the cost. Amen. Let's lift up our voices to the Lord. Let's give Him praise right now. Most of you are aware of it. But for the sake, I just felt this this morning. And so, for the sake of those that may not understand or may not know, I... Uh, some years ago, I felt the call to launch out and go preach full-time. And uh, wife and Christopher had already flown to California. It was during the holiday season, and I was going to drive uh, the 
fifth wheel in the truck that we had purchased out to California to begin preaching revivals there. And on our way with all of our belongings, to make a long story short, that trailer, while I was there in it asleep, caught fire. There was an explosion, propane leak. And that whole trailer was literally engulfed in flames. And God in his miraculous power saved me from that fire. And it's not without some wounds and I was burnt on my face and, and uh, some blisters and my hair was singed down to the scalp in, in a lot of areas. And I remember when they brought me to, to look into a mirror and they were cautious in doing so because at that particular time it didn't really look good. And I went and I saw the extent of what had happened. I remember standing there in a discouragement came upon me that I cannot, just a dark shroud of discouragement came upon me that I was just, I felt as almost suffocating. I don't even know how to describe. There alone at that particular time, family hadn't arrived yet, just there by myself, and it was just discouragement, thinking to myself, boy, you've really done it this time. Launched out here. Everything you own, everything you have has been burned up. Even the few dollars that we had saved, the cash money that we had was was burned up in that fire. Didn't come out with anything. And uh, I had to make a decision. But I made up my mind. I said, I may or may not have a ministry. But I know one thing. I got the Holy Ghost. And to stop living for God is not even an option. To stop serving the Lord is not even in question. It's not even a debatable thing here. I'm going to tell you, we got to put a premium back on being saved. Everything else is fringe benefits. I said everything else is add-on. Amen. Everything above that is just a, a blessing. And everything above that is just something that God has given me an addendum to. But if you give me the opportunity to be saved, that's all. You didn't owe me that. And that's all I really should be focused on. Amen. As if I am saved and if I may. Come on. We want everything just to be rosy. We want everything to be perfect down here. I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you make it to the other side, if you get to heaven, you're not going to be concerned with anything that you had to sacrifice in this world. Come on, some of you really don't believe that. You don't understand that. You complain over what little problems and what little difficulties that you have here. I'm going to tell you, there's no challenge too great that you cannot overcome if you got your mind made up. I'm going to be saved. I may not be I may not be all that I plan to be and dream to be, but one thing's for sure, I can be saved. I can be saved. I can be saved. I don't praise him because I got a nice suit on today. I don't praise him because I live in a nice home. I don't praise him because I drive a dependable vehicle. I praise him because he called me out of darkness into this marvelous light. That's why we show forth praise. That's why we glorify him. If you got the Holy Ghost, you got all the reasons you need to praise the Lord.
Because the only reason you worship him and serve him and live for him is because of what he's given to you. What are you going to do if it's all taken away? What are you going to do if you lose it all? Stand with me. What are you going to do if it all goes down the drain overnight? Amen. I'll tell you what you need to do is you need to have the attitude of Simon Peter that said, To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words. They tell me that there's three million sunken ships in the ocean that hold trillions of dollars of treasure that are out there in the deep that are yet to be discovered, that are yet to be brought up. Somebody left behind. It's just a, it's down there in those deep waters. And uh, people may know perhaps in the area which it is, but it's never been fully discovered. And I begin to think about the deep things of God. I've always been a mountaintop preacher. I like to go up in elevation and see God reveal to me things and give me the ability to see further and have a greater vision. But you know what? There's not many treasure hunters that go to mountaintops because the higher you go, the more you have to leave behind. And really, the only thing you see strewn up inside of a mountain is things that people's discarded it's trash to them because anything of any weight sinks and goes down into the depths. If you go out there in that ocean, you go down over one of those ships that was carrying precious metals. There's a lot of wealth down there that needs to be extracted, but it's in the depths. And there's pressure there. I... I, I we got open water certification. Then we went back, and my dad helped me to get advanced water certification. He had to go down 100 feet. Some of these people are going down hundreds of feet. I went down 100 feet, and I felt the pressure of that. And I thought to myself, why does anybody get out of jo any joy of going this deep? But I understand that it's not because it's comfortable, because the water's cold, and the pressure's immense, and the darkness is enshrouding, but the deep calls people because of the treasure that is there because there's something worth sacrificing for to get there and to get your hands on it and if you're that one that is able to find that treasure what a meaningful thing it is I, I want to tell you whatever you have to sacrifice to get a hold of this treasure whatever you have to give up to get a hold of this treasure it's going to be worth it to you Many of you have probably heard the story. The missionary was coming home after many years of serving on foreign soil. And he was riding a ship. This is back before uh, airlines. And many of them had to ride boats. And they were on this boat for a few weeks. And, and uh, I think it was Theodore Roosevelt that was also being transported on that boat. And he was coming in. And there was a big, big to-do about him coming in uh, to port that day. And there was bands playing and parades and people gathered around. And it so 
struck the heart of this missionary, had given his life and sacrificed his all on foreign soil, that he murmured to his wife and said, why is it that this man who's not lived for God and served God, he comes home to people welcoming. We don't have one person here to receive us when we get home. And so he got away in a little place and a room and began to pray and ask the Lord about him. And when he came out, he came out with a big smile on his face. And his wife said, what changed? You were sad when you went in. You're happy as you come out. He said, yeah, I began to give my complaint to the Lord. And the Lord reminded me of something. She said, what was that? The Lord spoke to me and said, yeah, but you're not home yet. You're not home yet. I'm going to tell you, we're not home yet. I had not seen, ear hath not heard the things that he has in store for us. Amen. That serve him, that live for him, that give their life to him, that dedicate themselves to him. Amen. I wonder, is there somebody that get out in that empty aisle and make your way to this front and say, God, whatever I got to lay down, whatever I got to give up, whatever I've got to surrender, whatever I've got to repent of, whatever I have got to unload on this altar, I'm willing to do it because I want to be saved. I want to be saved. Get saved back in your focus. Get going to heaven back in your focus. Get get being with Jesus back in your focus. Quit thinking so much of this world and the things of this life and the accomplishments and the accolades and, and the trophies and the things that certificates down here that man can acquire. And just start thinking of another world. Let's start thinking of eternal life. Let's start thinking of going home to be with Jesus. Hey folks, we're closer than you think to the coming of the Lord. Amen. I want to be ready to meet Jesus. I want to be ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, lift up your voice as they begin to sing. I want you to lift up your voice to Him. I want somebody to cry out to Him right now.